Welcome to the Two Geeks in a Microphone podcast, your one-stop shop for television, movie, video games, comic books, book reviews, and more. Now, without further ado, here's Stephen and Mike. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Geeks and a Microphone show. We are so glad that you are joining us today. My name is Stephen Buster. I am your co-host, along with my wonderful, friendly neighborhood, Michael Shanks. Mike, say hey to everybody. <laughs> Good afternoon to all you geeks out there in Geekdom land. Right, right. So, hey, should we tell everybody what we just finished doing? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You go tell the story. So we, yeah, we were on a little bit late uh, this today. Um, usually we'd be doing this a couple hours earlier, but we have been uh, preparing a different uh, kind of episode for everyone. We actually had a crossover episode with the nerdery and murdery guys, Jeffrey and Zig. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We, we had a great time. So uh, this our next episode, which will come out on February 4th, will actually be the part two of the Nerdery Murdery um, Two Geeks and a Microphone crossover. So, yes. So there's so nerderymurdery.com uh, is where you can find those guys. Um, and their podcast comes out on Wednesday. So that's the second. So um, if you get a chance to listen to part one, we uh, it, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, we do half talking about nerdery stuff and the other half talking about murdery stuff. Um, uh, it was murdery. pretty dark, too. <laughs> do what? The, the murdery side was pretty dark stuff, too. Pretty dark stuff. Just um, a warning. Just a little warning. Right. And we give you warnings in the episodes too, as well. So we're excited about, it. we had a great time. There are a couple of great guys. We get along. We're all guys in our fifties, early fifties. <laughs> all of us old guys. Right. And so we had a really good time with them. So um, um, that's coming out. We just finished um, getting all those prepped and ready. So you'll get to experience those next Wednesday on Nerdery Murdery on their podcast. And then on the two geeks and a microphone podcast is part two. Um, and so that's what we've been, been up to, but, but today right here, right now, we are going to be talking about what, what, what the Mandalorian. The, right. <laughs> All right. Mandalorian. No, we're, that's funny. It is book of Boba Fett. Are episode. you sure? Five. Uh, yes, yes. Well, we get Finnick at the very end. We get we get her at the very end of the episode. So I mean, I almost want to give the spoiler alert right now. I mean, geez. Right, <laughs> right. We should. Hey, this is spoiler filled, everybody. I should just put the. I should just put that up right now. Just saying that uh, spoilery talk is happening now at the beginning. <laughs> So yeah, uh, this was not Boba, Book of Boba Fett. This w this felt more like uh, season three uh, premiere of season three of Mandalorian than it felt like Book of Boba Fett. Not to Absolutely. say that it was a bad episode. It was actually a fantastic episode. Yes, um, I, I hate to say it, it's one of the best, and Boba wasn't even in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that he was not in it at all yeah, well i first equated it to thinking well maybe it's kind of like where boba fett was in the mandalorian and stuff but they were in it together you know you got yeah. boba fett along with the mandalorian this one boba it ain't in it at all uh, yeah i was like okay this is awesome uh, uh -huh. where's boba Right. Where is Boba? Where'd he go? But but I'm not saying I, I I did enjoy the episode. I thought it was a great preview to here's we're getting uh here's what's coming with Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Possibly. 
kind of a thing. Um, oh, there's so many questions I got to ask you about this episode, Mike. Um, so much. Are you getting notes? Did you take a whole bunch of notes? You know, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you I was going to take notes in this one. So right. now, before we I do anything, before we do anything, yes, uh, I, I want to know. I want to tell you. I want to give you a little hint of what I thought of with the opening scene. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Yes. Here it goes. All right, there we go. Right on. (laughs) I only played 17 seconds of it, so I I don't think we can get a copyright strike for 17 seconds. But Uh, hopefully, we'll be okay. Yeah. uh, So that opening scene, we got Mando walking into a butcher, uh, you know, uh, processing plant, and and the first thing that came to my mind is Rocky. (laughs) That's funny because you know he trained in in. Oh, right. mother-in-law's name. I can't think of his name. Uh, but he, he trained in, in the processing plant where he was working. And that was the first thing that came into my mind. Yep. So, yeah, they should have had Rocky music blaring right there. <laughs> well, I, I loved how um, I, this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. So, okay. um, so it, I, I knew it was going to be good because I think she is a good director. I think she's learned from her dad, Ron Howard, quite a bit. And so you're coming in and you kind of see, and all you see are the flaps, you know, the, you know, coming through. And then you see, you see a Mandalorian coming through and you're like, is that Boba Fett? You know? And, and I thought, Oh, we're going to see Boba Fett, you know, really attack some guys or something, you know, something's going to happen. But I was like, (laughs) right, right. It was Din Djarin, and I was like, what? Mandalorian? Mando? How awesome? Right on. So cool. Yeah. And then I thought, well, and then my brain went to, well, what's the last thing we saw Phoenix, Phoenix Shan say? It was, we can hire muscle if you right. just know where to look. Right. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. Now we're going to get where they kind of get together. Well, so, I, I knew that's where we were going. I just didn't know that we were going to do a full Mando episode to get there. As we <laughs> went through it, I was surprised. Yes, I agree with you that it was a full Mando. Now, I didn't mind it, to be honest. No, I didn't either. It was great. Um, it was I, I thought it was fabulous. But yeah, it. I was like, oh, we're still not to... We're still not to where we, you know, where he meets up with, you know, we're not on Tatooine still. No. Kind of a thing. So first, let's talk about this battle, this fight. And then I, I do want to talk about the location where they're at, where he's at at the, at the start. Um, the That fight sequence. So he goes in and he's there to collect a bounty. Now, and I loved it when the Clatoonian that he's talking to, he goes, I'll let him know if I see him. Right. I love it. And then he puts down, he puts down the little thing is like, whoop. He goes, that doesn't look like me. It doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> right. I thought that was great. Well, I hate to say it, but it looks like a bunch of you. <laughs> right. Now, here's the thing. I watched Emergency Awesome uh, do some stuff about the episode and all. I enjoyed that. He notated that there's this phrase where he goes, I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in you cold. cold. And I, I now, love that. I love it. That's his tagline. I love that. It is. Now, he played also from the very first episode of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where he went in to get that guy and he says the same phrase. Right. And they play them. They play that phrase from that first episode. And then they play the phrase from this episode. They sound exactly the same. It probably was. They, they probably just reused it. Like this sounds great, so we're just gonna. And it did sound great, and it sounded like, great in this episode. Now, Emergency Awesome had also said that uh, when that line was first used, uh, a lot of people thought that it meant that uh, bringing bringing them in cold meant that he was going to carbon freeze them. And and this episode proves that that's not really what that means. I that never is- actually associated that with the carbon freezing. I immediately thought I'm either bringing you in alive or I'm bringing you in dead. Yes. Period. Agreed. You know? um, I, I mean, totally agree with you. 
carbon freezing is something that the that's known in the Star Wars us, universe and that the bounty hunters do use. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you think a bounty hunter, yeah, it's bring them in alive or bring them in dead. And sometimes they're paid more to bring them in alive than they are to bring them in dead. So, right. Yeah. I, I never associated that with the carbon freezing from, from the beginning. Not at I all. never did either. I always took it as alive or dead, your choice. And what's great is I actually had that down in my notes. So <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know that. I did not. I did not know that. That's awesome. So then um, I will say the, uh, the, he then in that big fight sequence, which was great. It was a great fight sequence. And I found it out. interesting when he pulled out the dark saber. Yep. Yep. Pulls out the dark saber and we find out he's not very proficient with it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm thinking, look, if you're a bounty hunter, you always want to go in with your best skill set, you know, and you can practice the other later. I kind agree. Of- I, you know, I thought that was a little, uh, how should we say uh, green of him? <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. He was quite green with the Darksaber. So why would you use that on an actual job? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. you. You should be training with that, learning how to use it. But, I mean, he slices open his own leg with it. <laughs> right. He hits himself. I'm like, ooh, ow. You know, kind of a thing. So now, I thought that was interesting. I think the only saving grace is he knew he was going up against people that would not be able to take him on anyway. So maybe he thought it was a good time. Okay. You know, I can take these guys out no matter what. So this might be a good time to get some practice in with it. So that's the only way I can justify it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, I like that. I like that. That justification of why he does that. Great fight sequence. Cuts the guy in half. And then you don't see it. But he cuts, but he cuts his, his head off. off. Right. <laughs> right. And carries it out in a bag. Right. And then later on says, hey, you may want to put that on ice. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> okay. So now, so after we go through, oh, and I, I loved it when he comes out and he says to all the people working in the butcher shop, you know, because they're looking at him like, should we attack this guy? What should we do? Right. And he's like, hey, look, uh, I had a job to take out your boss and there's a bunch of Republic credits that, you know, that just don't rightfully belong to me. You know, you guys can go take those and divvy them up, you know, between yourselves. <laughs> right. I was like, that is brilliant. Brilliant. That was, and they're all like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. See you later. Could you imagine the fight that pe- those guys were doing to each other, trying to get as many credits as possibly could? <laughs> yeah. That probably was, would have been an interesting scene too. Yep. So then we leave the butcher shop and we head to, uh, did they really say what that space station thing was? No, I don't remember it, but it was pretty cool. Well, um, I saw it, and the first thing I could think of, and I actually have a demonstration. First thing Ooh. I could think of is a classic Marvel comic, Marvel stomach. Oh, let me try that again. A sure. classic Marvel Star Wars comic book from the 70s, from 1978. And as you can see, it has some kind of wheel in space. On the cover of it, the Wheel of Death or something like that. Oh, uh, weird. Yeah, and this is an original 78 Star Wars comic book, by the way. Wow. wow. <laughs> so that was the first thing I thought. I was like, wow, are they uh, calling back to old Star Wars Marvel comic books with this? Well, we got Black Crescenton. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that that there, that's a super deep cut. Crescenton is in current comic books, you know. Okay. So he's more current. We're talking 1978 Marvel's comics there. Um, so wow. I thought it was kind of cool, though. Yeah. And then um... <laughs> then we had the awkward moment in the elevator. Oh, right. <laughs> With that alien. And the yeah. alien just kind of looks at him like, what the? <laughs> What's going on? 
I like right. That. I thought that was interesting as well. Yes. Um, a lot of um, mood and scene setup and um, in this episode, like because in you know it's the whole thing. I mean. It, when I watched it again last night, I kind of fast forward through some parts where I knew it was just, Oh, it's just him walking to the elevator. You know, then I paused it so I could see the elevator thing. And so, well, it's just him walking to the, to the person who hired him, their bar or location or whatever. Restaurant you know, it doesn't whatever. take long for him to walk from one spot to the other. Right. <laughs> it took a while. I was amazed at how much time I was like, dude, that's like a minute. Two minutes or whatever, just to walk. I mean, but it is setting up. Well, the they land. spent more time building the speeder or the 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 ship. The in the in one right, was yeah. Was it called an in one? Uh, Nabu uh, Starfighter. Yeah, in one Nab- Nabu Starfighter. Right. We'll get to that though. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So then he goes, and then this is the interesting part. Okay, so he gets the information he wants from them, and then. He goes there at that space station, whatever location, which is cool, which is really neat, really fascinating. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then he meets up with the armor. The, the armorer. I was like, "Oh, it's the armorer! How cool yeah. is that?" I was pretty excited to see her too. I was like, "Oh, yay, armorer! Yep. Cool." And then we saw, and then the, it's only her and the Visla guy. Um. They're the only two left. They're like the last two. That's Paz Vizla. Is it Paz Vizla? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it written down. <laughs> Otherwise, right. I wouldn't remember his name. And by yeah. the way, uh, uh, John Favreau voices that character too. Oh, really? Yeah. It's an uncredited uh, um, scene or character because mm-hmm. if you go through the credits, you won't see his John Favreau's name in there, but he he is voicing that character. He did a good job. Yeah, just like he voiced uh oh, I forget the Mando in in Clone Wars. Um Previsla. He he voiced Oh, okay. Your so there's your ways. That's yeah. interesting cuz there's that there's that connection then. Right, cuz it's all House of Vizsla. It's all House of Vizsla. Yep. Ooh. Oh, and I liked I liked when Mando was going to see the armor and they have the hidden symbols to point the way, and you could only see them through the the uh, Mando, the visor, H-E-D, yeah, the visor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were the only ones that could see those symbols. I thought that was cool. I like that. that. Is cool. That was neat. So then, okay, he's there, and so the Paz Vizsla kind of heals him, or you know, puts stuff on his leg to help him. Back to spray. Mm-hmm. Back to spray. Yep. Yes. And we've seen that used before, too. I, I think we saw it used in Mando. Um, and we've seen it in a couple other places, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then there's this whole thing where they're talking about the Darksaber, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, he reveals it to uh, the armorer. And, well, first, the armorer knows, notices his wound. And she's like, what kind of weapon made that wound? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. <clears throat> and then shows him the Darksaber, and then they get some Darksaber stuff. Then we get um, the cautionary tale of, I guess, uh, I don't. how does she say it? Of Because uh, he mentions who he had met and, uh, in that last episode, Bo-Katan. And and how she didn't take it. It has it's got to be won by combat or something like that or whatever. Right. So Bo-Katan basically Sabine in Rebels gave the dark saber over to Bo-Katan because Sabine didn't really feel that she was ready to lead the the Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. No. So she just hands it over to Bo-Katan, which is correct according to the lore. Um, it has to be won in battle. So the fact that, that uh, Bo-Katan did not win it in battle, she feels that Mandalore has been cursed because of that event. Okay. And that what was called the Night of a Thousand Tears? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great scene, too. And it was dark. It was dark. We got some cool Easter eggs in that scene. Um, it, it really felt like Terminator a lot, um, like the Terminator Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, when, mm-hmm. when the Terminators are taken over, it really, really looked very, had a very similar look to that. And yeah. we got uh, tie bombers going through and bombing the surface. Um, and we had K2SO droids, K2SO from uh, Rogue uh, One. Rogue One. Um, we had those droids. And then we also had the probe droids. I love probe droids. Probe droids are so cool. I've I got, <laughs> got an action figure over on my desk. <laughs> Oh, probe droid because I, I love right them. on They're so cool. <coughs> oh, excuse me. No, that's okay. And then, so we get that story, and then how Mandalore just you know gets fried, you know, kind of thing from the bombings and the big you right. know the big city getting blown up. Um, well, and I also liked how the armor compares the empire empire to the Mandalorians, and how she's like, yeah, the amp- empire only lasted. 30 years maybe and us mandos we've been around for over 10,000 years mm-hmm. <laughs> puts a real yeah. perspective on the empire versus mandalorians it did i i like that actually and then um because so then he talks about the spear he's got the spear and i was so i don't know how i feel about this part but she's like oh you can't have that spear because Mandalorian armor is only supposed to be for defense and you can't have a weapon. You know, kind of can, well, I, I get it because the spear could actually penetrate Mandalorian armor. Right. So she's saying that you can't have something that can actually penetrate our, our armor. Yeah. But says the one who's got, uh, you know, an ax, or she'll or, or acts in something else that she's fighting the dark saber on later on, or she's right, still trying to train him. No one says it's made of Beskar though. Now, however, when he goes on the commercial fi- flight, and in a little bit we'll talk about that too, and he's turning in his weapons, he does drop the uh, what do they call the the whistle, the bird whistle? Oh, things. right. And those those were actually forged by her. And so, yeah, it's like, well, wait a minute. Did you use best car to forge those? Cause that could penetrate Mando armor too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Is she a hypocrite or not? <laughs> I, I found it interesting. I did find that very interesting. I was like, what now and we, we, we also know. discovered that the hilt of the dark saber is also made with best car, but he said it was a different type of best car. So it's almost like it was, uh, uh, like whoever whoever uh, created that mixed it with something else, but they didn't really say what it was. Ooh, more intrigue for lore mm-hmm. for later. Exactly. Mystery box. Well, I mean, I get the fact that maybe it was just for storytelling that it, he had to melt down the spear in order to have something to give to Grogu. Oh yeah, and you know. <laughs> When when she said that you have to melt down the spear, and he said, "I, I want to do it. I want I want something for a uh, um what do they a call youngling. him? Well, not a youngling. They call him uh they call him something else. I can't think. Dang it! I didn't write down what they call him. Um, anyway, they're they're younglings basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I immediately I looked at Brendan. And I went, Grogu's getting a helmet. Grogu's getting a helmet." <laughs> You think that's what it is? He's getting that, a little. Hungry. Well, that's what I thought at first, and then I, I think we we were pretty much revealed what it was. Um, I, I think it's chainmail. Chain yeah, I think it's chainmail. So he's going to get like a chainmail body suit, whatever. Right. Know, something like knights would wear, you know, which is cool too. But I still wanted him to have a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe I, he still will have one with the ears poking out <laughs> yeah exactly i've seen all his great artwork with him in a mando suit outfit and helmet and i'm like yeah i want that to happen in the show so yeah. it was a slight disappointment but at the same time it was it was pretty cool i liked it yeah i uh oh excuse me sorry about that um I I would say that the um 
the next thing that we see after that discussion is the whole thing where she, the armor is trying to help him learn how to use the dark saber. I'm like, man, she's wise on this whole thing to stop fighting the saber kind of a thing. And, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, kind of a thing. Well, you know, uh, there's a thought out there that she may actually be one of the Maldorians. Mald- Maldor, how do you say that? One of the Mandalorians that followed Darth Maul when Darth Maul took over Mandalore for a short time in the Clone Wars. Oh, oh. because those Mandos, they all had spikes on their helmets to emulate Darth Maul's horns. Okay. And if you look closely okay. at her helmet, she's got little spikes on it. Granted, they're not as big as the ones we saw in the Clone Wars. Right. But, but she is she has spikes on her. So there's a thought out there that um <clears throat> she was one of the Maldorians. Maldorian. I can't say that right. <laughs> right. One of the Mandalorians that followed Maul. And Death Watch also f- fell under Darth Maul. And we know Death Watch, um, we know that she's associated with Death Watch also. So there's that too. And that was that was the other Vizsla. Um, yes, that was pre-Vizsla. Pre-Vizsla had, and he had the Darksaber. Well, so. n- no, that was, uh, I didn't write down his name. Because that's, that's part okay. of the legend. See, Previsla, I think was, if I remember right, was trying to get the dark saber. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, I, yeah, that one. No, I, that's okay. it's all blending together. Really, I got Ooh. that messed up. Yeah, and and man, Mandalorian lore is that's hard stuff to keep up with. <laughs> sure is. It's a confusing timeline, and you know, you got you got uh, warriors, and you got pacifists, and you know, because they introduced the whole idea of pacifism to the Mandalorians at one point in the Clone Wars, which I, for one, as a Boba Fett fan, went, what? Mandalorians are pacifists? That doesn't even make any sense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> but, you know, I guess it, it adds to their story and their lore. And right. I don't know. To me, it's confusing, though. <laughs> sure. Now, um, so once we see her training him and then with that whole training going on, which I thought was really good, then all of a sudden here great comes, sequence. huh? That was a great sequence. I love it. That. Really was. It really was. It was, it was a, a mentor mentee kind of, you know, fight sequence. It was good. I liked it. But then here comes, dun, 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 you know, Paz Vizsla, uh, Paz Vizsla, who's like, Sorry. Or John Favreau. Or John Favreau, who's like, hey, that belongs to my family. You've returned it. I'm going to, you know, you won it in battle. I'm going to win it in battle. Return it to my ancestral name, you know, kind of a thing. And I was like, and then, you know, the armor was like, hey, are you okay with this? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the what? You know, kind of a thing. And I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And it was actually a good fight sequence. It really was. It was. It was, I, I liked that sequence too. I thought that was great. Um, yeah. I loved even how Paz Vizsla picked up the dark saber at one point and could barely pick it up. Yeah. He was even having troubles with He it. is like, not worthy. <laughs> That's what right? I think of like Thor's hammer. He's not Thor's worthy. Hammer, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got a similarity there. <laughs> um, so if you put the sword in the elevator and the elevator goes up, is the elevator worthy? Is the elevator worthy? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just call back to Thor's hammer. Right. Right. Well, so, yeah. And that's when we find out all the, the stuff about Moff Gideon and the fact that he won the saber from uh, Bo-Katan and, um, and then of course, Mando won it from Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, you know, I would argue that he actually won it. Because there's part of me that thinks back to that as, I, I don't know, there's part of me that feels that Moff kind of gave it to him. Oh, <laughs> you know, I didn't really go back to that to see. 
I mean, I'm just going off of memory from that fight and stuff because there was part of me that fight. That was it was it it was a good fight, but then towards the end of it, it was almost like Moff gave up on purpose because he knew that it was going to drive a wedge between Bo-Katan and Darjin Dinjarin. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because Dinjarin doesn't understand the lore of the dark saber and Bo-Katan does. And he knew that if Dinjarin ends up with it, you know, it's, it's going to put something in between those two. Mm. So there's part of me that wonders, did Moff kind of give up on that fight? Yeah. You're hurting my brain. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, maybe just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, no, that's a good thought. Um, so then here comes the sequence that I love it and I hate it. Okay. Right after that was the whole thing of, have you ever taken off your helmet? I'm like, where's this coming from? Oh, you know, yeah. Okay. Enough. The battle's over. Have you ever taken off your helmet? Paz Vezla? Well, no, no, I haven't. I'm like, what, what does that got to do anything about a fight? Where, where does this come from? You know, that just came out of nowhere. Or, well, hey, I mean, you took off your helmet? they introduced this lore in the beginning of the Mandalorian season that mm-hmm. a true Mandalorian warrior. Now, of course, when Bo-Katan comes into the picture, she basically tells him you're crazy. You're a crazy zealot because yes. lots of us take off our helmets, you know? Right. So there's, there's two different sects here. You know, right. you, you have the sect that, that believes that you have to have the helmet on all the time. Right. And then there's this sect that says, yeah, we don't give a crap about wearing the helmet. Yeah. You know, it's like the Methodist. the Methodist, she got a sprinkle for baptism in the Baptist. You have to have a casserole. So, Hey, <laughs> you have to have a casserole. <laughs> uh, that's great. I like that. <laughs> no, but there are two different points of view. They're all part of the same religion. Hey, when I got baptized, no one brought a calf casserole for me. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. And I was baptized <laughs> in the First Baptist Church. <laughs> I want a casserole now. Anyway, <laughs> talk to your wife. No, I, and I don't understand this whole. We have to. We cannot take our helmets off. What? How do you eat then? <laughs> right. Because I mean, Mando took his helmet off. We had the one episode where, uh, with the. Uh, that was woman. that episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard too. That was a great episode too. I love mm-hmm. that episode. Mm-hmm. But he t- he he doesn't take his helmet off in front of anybody. You know, he right. makes sure he's away from everybody when he does. But he takes his helmet off and he eats. So does Paz Vizsla and the armor? Do they just not? Nah, come on, you can't tell me Paz Vizsla doesn't eat. Look at the size of that guy. <laughs> That dude eats. Yep. <laughs> so how the hell does he eat with that damn helmet on? Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's something weird about it. But but it sounds like they took this moment to get rid of that. It sounds like it was well, just thrown in. Because, okay. But did they? Get out of here, apostate. You know. But did they? Like, because they also, she also mm-hmm. said, because he begged for forgiveness. And she said that the only way that you can redeem yourself is to go bathe in the waters underneath the mines of Mandalore. I, I right. don't remember exactly. That one I didn't write that all down. Right. I would have had to stop the episode for too long to get that, all that written down. Well, I was, <laughs> I was like, whatever. I, I mean, I don't like... I don't, I didn't, I never did like that whole thing. You don't take off your helmet. Maybe it's the zealot thing, or maybe it's supposed to be a break from the zealot. You know, cause she had her, his, her back to him as he was leaving. You know, it's like that whole thing you're getting ousted or whatever. Right. Right. I'm, so, but the question is, is he going to go to Mandalore and try to redeem himself? So are we done with this? Right. Or, or like you said, I is hope. It- I hope we give him the freedom to take off his damn helmet. <laughs> I just like, well, he's already done it. Right. He's done it a few know, times. It doesn't have to be this big, oh, I have to follow this order kind of a thing. I was kind of glad it happened. Look, I, liked, I, I hated it. I probably would not have had a problem with it had they stuck to that originally in the Clone Wars. You know, if in the Clone Wars we would have never seen them take off their helmets, 
I probably would have been fine with this, you know, because I mean, it is part of Boba Fett's his, his mystique was the fact that you never saw him without the helmet. No one knew what he looked like. You're right. That's you what know. was a big deal in the, in the movie. You're like, oh, he, right. this is what Boba Fett, or this is Django Fett. This is what he right. looks like. Okay. Which is, which is Boba Fett also because Boba uh, Fett is and all the clones clone. Right. And all the clones. So, excuse me. So yeah, we, we learned that that all went away with the prequels with attack of the clones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have a love relationship. I have a love hate relationship with this whole helmet thing. There's mm-hmm. part of me that likes the, the mystery and the lore behind it. But then there's the other side that says, well, yeah, but you can't practically do that. That's just not possible. Right. I mean, Mando can't even go into a bar and have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I like the whole aspect of where you had Bo-Katan and the others were like, oh, we take off our helmets and, you know, chit chat and talk and whatever. But right. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So that was that. Then he comes and that's that part. Then he comes to Tatooine. He gets on his little shuttle and gets to Tatooine. Well, he, he, he wait a minute. He takes a commercial flight. He takes a commercial flight. Oh yeah. 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 Which is fantastic. Cause he's going on and then all of a sudden security stops him. No, you, you can't, you can't go on your, you can't go on the flight with, with your weapons. And then we get his other tagline, which is my favorite. I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are my religion. Right. <laughs> I love that line. I, absolutely I wonder if we could start a religion where it could be that way. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I got, I got some guns. I, yeah, I'll, I'll join that religion. <laughs> <laughs> I like weapons. <laughs> what can I say? But then we, we get the scene of him taking all his weapons off. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just drop. There's, there was something else this reminded me of, and I can't remember what it was and somebody removing all their weapons. And and then somebody says, is that all? Oh, wait a minute. And then pulls some more. I don't remember what it was, but that we, we've seen it in several things. It was in the Pirates of the Caribbean. The third movie with okay. Karen Notley when they were trying to go in to see the pirates or main pirates or whatever. And they were making jokes about all the weapons she had on her. Then, um, We've seen it in what else have we seen it in? We've seen a bunch of stuff. Um, it's just kind of a, a a funny trope of how many weapons can you have on you? You know, right. kind of. A, we see the in the Matrix, the first Matrix movie. It says, "Please remove any items," and he opens up his trench coat. And there's like, holy, right. you know, all these guns and stuff. Not that he was taking. Maybe that's what I was thinking of because it, yeah, it not that he, like yeah, that. <clears throat> yeah, but we'll now. See that my thing was, I kept going, he ain't going to put the Darksaber in that case, is he? That's where I was, yep. I was like, there's no way he's going to put the Darksaber in there, and he put it in there. I was so expecting something to be missing. I was expecting happen. something to happen, and it would be gone. Yes. Yep. I was pleasantly surprised and happy that it was not when he got to Tatooine <laughs> and opened up the case. I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I was like, oh, I don't want that, you know, that to happen. So. um yeah, so it was at Tatooine, and it made se- they they played it really well. It made sense that he was going to Tatooine because he had ordered a new ship from the mechanic lady. Well, he didn't exactly order it. She sent him a message saying she had something for him. Oh, good call. That's right. Yes, he he didn't order it. Um, no. because she, she said, he said something about, I got your message saying you had a ship and she even forgot about the message. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the razor crest. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I don't have a razor crest for you. I got something better now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was excited to see the Naboo fighter. I, I was really excited. Cause when she nice. first pulled the cover back. Right. I was like, Oh, it's that's so a Naboo cool. Starfighter. That's freaking yeah. cool. I love it. Yep. But um but then there was the other side of me that went that's not practical for Mando. <laughs> that I thought so too. How can you take cargo on this? That's right. You know, he's a bounty hunter. How is he supposed to bring his bounties in that thing? 
you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a great ship. I love the ship. Don't get me wrong. It, it looks fantastic. It's fast. You know, it's an amazing ship, but I don't think it's good for a bounty hunter. <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm questioning whether he's going to have it for long. Yeah. I, well, they did the whole montage of building it, which was cool. That was fine. And now you're that, right. They probably spent more time filming that than they uh, did of him walking back and forth across the space station thing. I was listening to Jason and Jimmy's show, Rebel Force Radio. Oh, and yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy said it was 10 minutes. It was a 10 minute sequence of them building the ship. That's a lot of time out of a, out of a book of Boba Fett or, or a Mandalorian episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good call of, of there being, Hey, here is, mm. well, here's a couple of things that sequence did, but I will say it was drawn out. I will agree. 10 minutes was a long, is a long time in an hour show. Right. Um, and, but there were some fun moments in, in it. Um, yes. Well, it brought oh, up the pikes. It, it connected the whole issue of the pikes and the danger of the pikes. We did get that. We got some little extra information about her dating a Jawa in their fuzzy or furry furry. And I was like, why in the heck would you date a Jawa? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she heard. Something I thought that weird. was weird. I'm like, it she was weird. A Jawa. I like okay. the. I thought it was funny that she could speak Jawa. I thought that was pretty. Funny. Oh, that was hilarious. I love that. I, I um, but, you know, realize that's the first time we get any indication of what Jawas are like underneath their robes. Sure. Sure. That sounded weird. <laughs> Not that I would want to know what they're like underneath right. their robes. I, yeah. But, honestly, I never cared. I really didn't. I, I don't. Yeah. I've never had any any intrigue of, of. I just accepted them for these little Jawas with beady eyes under these little cloaks, right. you know, that yeah. steal parts or you know collect parts all across the sands of Tatooine or whatever. And, and speaking of parts, uh, the part that they bring them, I had it written down somewhere. That the part that the density, blah blah, I don't know, the whole hey. technical term. Do you know what that part is? No. That part connects to Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, that, is, that is the actual piece that Han is trying to use to brace the uh, trash compactor when the trash That's funny. Yep. And it, it looks exactly like it. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And I, I think it's funny because the Jawas stole it like uh, gang steal Cadillac converters today. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's funny. That's funny. I like that. I like that. And uh, so I do like the ship. I actually know I love the ship. I love the building it. I love they took they they made it silver with the yellow highlights to it. The way it looks, the sound of it. Um, all the stuff that they did with it made sense. It made it cool. I mean, you talk about pimp my ride. They pimped his ride big time. Well, and they gave it a breather on the front. Uh, They give, you know, almost like the old school uh, uh, hot rods of the 50s and 60s and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it had a similar feel to uh, American Graffiti. Let's face it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was a callback to American Graffiti, uh, along with the colors of the of the bikes. Those yep. car colors are back to American Graffiti too. Okay, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like just that. A little nod to George Lucas, you know. So sure, that was, yeah. that was very cool. Now, I also like that she hollowed out the droid port because she's like, "Yeah, I didn't think you would have a droid with you, so you know, I I, I put something else in there and." We know what's going to go in there, right? That's where that's where Grogu's going to run. Grogu, yeah, that's Grogu's right. spot. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, what all that's going to look like with him coming with Grogu coming back, or the two of them coming back together. Ooh, does he get Grogu and they come back to to fight the Pikes? You know, together or you know, as part of the you know, I don't know. It's fun to think about and dream what that may look like. Well, I, I, I think we're going to get a good indication in the next in the next episode, actually. Right. So, 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that too. Um, yeah. Cause we got a few other things to cover before we get to yep. that. So, um, oh, the, the BD droid, the, the little yes. droid, um, that droid is actually from Jedi Fallen Order video game. It is. Which I, I recognize immediately because I've played the first, I'm probably at maybe a fourth of the way through the game. Did you? You've played it? So yeah. what's the character's name? Is it Cal Kestner? The- Cal, yeah, Cal Kestner, I think is. Gosh, I can't remember now. So the big question is, is that actually his droid? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, and that was another thing that's been brought up and debated is whether the Naboo starfighter was actually the starfighter that Anakin, um, he flew in episode one and actually destroyed the control chip with. Yeah, I don't so, think, I don't uh, think so. It's so funny how we want everything to connect as star Wars. See, and I don't want that. I, I don't, I th- I think it's nice that I, I like the callback. Don't get me wrong. I love the callback to Naboo. Right. I love it that it's, and even how they mention about, Hey, these were personally commissioned by the queen of Naboo right. and which, how they're which makes made. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, this is great. Enjoy that. But I, I don't need it to be the exact starfighter that Anakin, you know, that was just Agreed. like when, when Mando uh, got the, the, uh, the speeder bike in, in season, I think it was season one. And, and people question, cause some of the, the pods on those, they look similar to the pods that Anakin had on his pod racer. And there was a question even then, Oh, you think this is Anakin's? No, I think that's a little too on the nose. You know, right. I, I don't have a problem with the callbacks, the callbacks I like, but to go, Oh, well, this was actually Anakin's. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't have I'm, to be, no. you know, agreed. agreed. It's nice to give you a little memory of that to show that it is a connected universe. Yes. That, and that's yes. all I think it is. That's, that's, that's it. Agreed. Agreed. I, I'm right there with you. All right. So we talk about when he takes the ship up. Oh, oh my gosh. So he flies, the, he flies the Naboo starfighter pretty much through the, uh, Bonta Eve, uh, uh, racetrack from yep. episode one. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much the whole racetrack and we see a womp rat <laughs> Yep, in beggars Canyon. Yeah. In beggars Canyon. Right. Yep. Oh, it's just like Beggar's Canyon at home when I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Call back to Luke Skywalker telling that little story, you know, when, when they were saying that they had to uh, strike the the uh, exhaust port in the Death Star. And it's only, what, two meters wide or something like that. Oh, that's no bigger than a womp rat. I, I used to bullseye womp rats in my T T sixteen in Beggars Canyon. So yeah. Awesome callback. And I don't think it was the same womp rat, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> nope. Steven, did you freeze up on me? I think Steven froze up on me. Um Steven, can you hear me? Steven, if you can hear me, try going out and coming back in. I hear you. There we go. There we go. Sorry about that. My internet again. Anyway. I I looked up and you had a Joker face on you. (laughs) Yeah, you were just frozen. Kind of like that. Which I think you're frozen again. (laughs) I can bring you in. Warm, or I can bring you in cold. And it looks like you're coming in cold right now. Excuse me. So, Stephen's not there. Stephen, if you can hear me, try going out and coming back in again. See what that does. Okay, I don't know what's going on with Steven. (laughs) Oh, looks like he's going out again. So we'll wait a second for him. See what happens here. 
Looks like I'm going to have some editing to do on this one. All right. And is Stephen rejoining us? I think you're there. <laughs> I am back now. Are you sure? No. <laughs> no. All of a sudden, my whole internet dropped. Everything dropped. Oh, so that sucks. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. Okay. Oh, no so, problem. yeah, I should be okay now. It only does that once in a while. Um, <laughs> so, I guess it did in the afternoon because we're normally doing this in the morning. <laughs> yeah, maybe the internet's just not used to it. Right, right. Okay, so we're continuing on. He's going through Beggar's Canyon, Womp Rat, pew, pew. Right, so, right. And then cool he takes it up and... I'm sorry, what? It would have been cool if he shot the Womp Rat. That would have been awesome. Hi, Janelle. Janelle just popped in. Oh, um, hello again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Janelle, you just missed Stephen uh, losing connection <laughs> like right. twice. Um. So yeah, then uh, the Na- he takes the Naboo starfighter out into space, which was pretty darn cool. I like that. And right. then we get we get the uh, X wing space cops back. <laughs> yes, yes. So I learned something about that scene. Sure. What's uh, that? So we don't get the same space cops because one of those space cops originally was Dave Filoni. So Dave Filoni wasn't in this scene. But the right. the one guy that was was actually the body double for Luke Skywalker in the last episode of Mandalorian season two. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. So that takes me to where we were talking about earlier. Uh, what might happen in the next episode? Because. So after Mando has his little ride in space and then uh then he leaves the space cops in the dust, which Yeah, which was great. Push the little button, pew. And I loved it because the one guy's like, Should we report this? Y- you want to spend the whole day doing paperwork? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, but so then Mando goes back and he gets back to Tatooine. And Pelly tells him, oh, somebody dropped by, but I kind of told him you weren't here or whatever she said. Right. And then we find out it's Fennec Shand. And, yeah. And Mando or Boba wants to hire him. So mm-hmm. that's the point where we get him saying, okay, w- which I liked. First of all, he says uh, no charge on the house because it's for Boba. On the house. Yeah, he says on the house. Yep. On house for Boba. Um, and then he says, but I have to do something first. I have to go see somebody. So we know he's going to see Grogu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The question is, where is Grogu? Because last yeah. we saw, Luke was taking him. Yeah. So are we going, are we going to uh, Dagobah? Are we going to, um, I, I don't know. There's so many different places that Luke could be. Yeah, because so, it never says in The Last Jedi where they were. No, no. And he's and I'm, retelling the story of how what's-his-name goes crazy. Um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren goes bad. They doesn't say where they're at. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't think they ever really said where they were at. But I think we're going to get a glimpse of Luke's Jedi Academy. Yeah. At least I hope so. Yeah. Uh, um, so... Yeah, that's that. And I think having the actor that played Luke in the X-Wing as an X-Wing pilot or a space cop, whatever you want to call him, um, I think that's. Space cop. Oh, sorry. I think that's kind of a confirmation that he's coming back as Luke Skywalker. You think so? 
Yeah. I, I think they probably brought him in to do the Luke Skywalker scene and they say, Hey, let's have you film this too. This will be fun. Let's do a little more. Yeah. And and we can actually get your face on screen. You know, that's I think that's what happened there. Okay. I think they brought him I'll in to, to film the Luke Skywalker scene and then said, Yeah, let's let's get you some FaceTime and and put you in a scene. So um I like it. At least that's that's where that's again, you know, I said last episode I have a wish list. Well, that's now on my wish list that we see Luke again. So. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it a lot. But now does that mean the next episode of Boba Fett is actually going to be another Mandalorian episode? Here's here's what I wonder what would happen. Um it's just me guessing. I'm just speculating, speculating. Oh, that's what we do. Um is he doesn't come back yet for when the battle takes place. But then the battle is happening and it looks like they're going to lose. And then here comes the ride of the Roarum coming over the mountain from like, oh, sorry, that's from, uh, that's, that's from uh, Return of the King. Um, here they come, dun, 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 saving just in time. Here comes the Mandalorian and Grogu. You know, and then they start da, 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 refueled passion, refueled power, and we get the, you know, the Pikes get their butts handed to them by Grogu. But now that would that would be episode seven, though. We're talking about episode, episode seven. Six. I don't think we'd see him in, in the next episode. I think you, we're going to see the whole pi, the Pike buildup, the tension between and the Pike buildup. And I think the whole last episode is going to be the whole fight. Like okay. episode six and seven are going to be what I I don't like, but it, it should be one episode, two episodes, you know, one episode, one long episode. So you think episode five was just leading up to something that's going to happen in Mandalorian season three, and we're not going to see the results of that until season three? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Then in episode seven, you'll see Mando and Grogu come back to help. But you won't see him in six. I and I think you won't even see the whole Luke Skywalker thing. I don't that's, think you'll see where they're that's at. That's what I'm saying. That's oh, what I'm saying. right, right. Where they meet up. Yeah. My thinking of what could happen in episode six, you're saying would actually happen in season three of Mandalorian. Yep. That's, yep. Okay. Yep. Is we just got a full episode all of Mando? I don't think they're, they're not going right. to do that. You know. But he when said I got to go visit somebody before. Right before i do this so that's why i question i'm like are we getting another mando episode within the boba fett season mm, i don't think so well, you didn't think we'd get a mando's uh, episode in in book that's uh, true too i didn't think we'd get a whole mando episode okay. in book of boba fett either so yeah you got there's me on a that. possibility it could happen i don't know that's right there's possibility <laughs> You know, I don't know. That's just part of me. I I want to see Luke again, and and I want to see the Jedi Academy, and yeah, I mean, we could get a moment where Luke is training Mando to use the dark saber too. Mm-hmm. You know, almost a callback to Rebels when Kanan was training Sabine to use the dark saber. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And maybe we found out in the lore that the dark saber was actually wielded by a, a Jedi a Jedi slash Mandalorian, the only mm-hmm. one of his kind. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think we'll ever get that story? Pre Visla as I hope Jedi? so. I hope so. I, 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 I hope he's like a kick butt Jedi by golly. Right. <laughs> well, that, again, that's not pre Visla. Pre Visla was in the Clone Wars. Um oh I, I'm sorry, that's right. I cannot think of what the name of the the Mandalorian Jedi is um, right. Anyway, Let's see, that's okay. But th- that one from a thousand years ago to see him start kick button. Right. Everybody. Oh, I would love to see that. I, I mean, whether it's a book or, or they do a series at this point, I don't think we get a TV series of it. Um, I think it'd be cool to get a movie of it though. That would be neat. Yeah. I don't necessarily think you need a uh, TV series, though. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to find his name. Tarvisla. 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 Yeah. A lot of Vizlas. <laughs> a lot of Vizlas. Yes. Yes. Agreed. 
Agreed. So Tar Vizsla was the the wielder of the dark saber originally, who was a Jedi slash Mandalorian. And yeah, and Mandalorians normally he's probably a kick butt Jedi. Uh huh. Well, yeah. If you wear Mando uh, uh, armor and you're Jedi, oh my gosh, that's so freaking cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So, I think it's be great. I thought this was a fabulous episode. If I had to score this episode. It would be four out of five dark, four point five out of five dark sabers. How much? Four point five. Four point five out of five. Yes. You know, um, man, uh, I I almost want to give this a five. I, I really do. Oh, you do I, not I really hand those do. out normally. I no, love it. And I, but I think this was a great episode. Even though Boba Fett wasn't in it. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I still don't think it's a Boba Fett episode. I think it's a Mandalorian episode. It's a Mandalorian episode. It really is. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to go with five Darksabers because I really, really like this episode. Oh, and another cool thing was we got green Rodans again, which I was happy to see. (laughs) Yeah. Because when he flies commercial, he's uh, the little... Uh, kid Rodan uh-huh. turns back and looks at him and stuff, and right, and, and then that's when he looks at the little package that he's got for Grogu. It looks like Grogu's head. It, it does the way he's folded it. It looks like Grogu's head. Yeah, yeah. Sure does. I love that. I love that. And then when he yeah. flies up in space in the uh, Nebu Starfighter, uh, he flies up next to that commercial flight again, mm-hmm. and the little green Rodan kid looks out the window and waves at him. So. Yep, and he kind of nods his head. Yep. Yep. He's like, yeah, I'm not flying commercial anymore, kid. <laughs> yeah. I've been a sweet ride. <laughs> and it was a sweet ride, I got to say. I, I like yep. it. I just, yep. I still question the practicality of it for a bounty hunter. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. How mm-hmm. is he going to bring in his bounties in that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's going to pull him behind the ship. <laughs> Maybe he's got a, yeah, I got a little, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But it's a cool ship to get him from place to place. Yeah, I'm predicting we'll see that ship for a while in Mandalorian Season 3. And then probably most of the season we'll see that ship. And then by the end of the season, he'll have another Razor Crest or something similar. Yeah, to they'll blow up this one and give him a Razor Crest because... <laughs> Dude, right. they blew up the Razor Crest. I was like, oh, they blew up the Razor Crest. That blew my mind when they did that. I couldn't believe they blew up. The I Razor couldn't believe Crest. it either. It was such right. a cool ship, and fans loved it. You know, I mean, it was auto almost automatically as well loved as the Slave One is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then, then they, they blew it up. They, they blew it up, dude. Yep, that would yep. be like. Blowing up the General Lee and the Dukes of Hazard, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or Kit and Knight Rider, you know? Something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It was a great episode. I'm glad it, I'm glad we have it. I'll probably watch some of it again later. Um, and uh, it, just because I love the whole thing of building the ship and then seeing the sh- really, when they take the ship out to flight. That whole sequence, that oh. five minutes of sequence was just fabulous. I loved it. Well, and like I said, we get Beggar's Canyon. So, you know, that was that was worth price of admission right there. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And a Womp Rat. Right. Right on. So, all right. Any other thoughts or opinions about the episode? No, I think I think we've covered just about everything. Okay. We got through most of my notes. Yay. <laughs> oh, one other thing. He uh-huh. he he did do an Anakin moment. He did spin the ship. Cuz you know in episode 1 Anakin goes, "Let's try spinning. That's a great that's a good trick." Right. And Mando spun the ship, so. Yep, that he did too. <laughs> there if you want an Anakin callback, that there you go. That's a pretty There you go. There you have it. Callback. Without the ship being actually the one that Anakin flew. Right. 
Oh, man. Oh, excuse me. See, man, we've been doing it all day long. I'm getting tired. I need to take a nap. That's what I happens know. when you nap, everybody. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that we recorded two episodes before this for our crossover episode. Yes. So, yeah, if you guys are just tuning in and uh, didn't hear us at the beginning, uh, we just finished crossing over with another podcast called Nerdery and Murdery with yep. uh, Jeffrey and Z- Zig. Um, it was a lot of fun. So make sure you get the nerdery and murdery episode on February. What was it? February the second. It's Wednesday. Second, right. And then yep. our second part will come out on February 4th on Friday on our regular yeah, there's a part one and a part two. So yes, but you, yeah, you definitely want to listen to their side first. Otherwise you're going to be a little lost. <laughs> right. That you will. That you and we will. we covered uh, Firefly and Serenity, mm-hmm. the TV series Firefly by Joss Whedon, um, mm-hmm. and the, the follow-up movie Serenity. We we covered that on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Jeffrey had a two-part murdery episode that he did part one on theirs and part two on ours. So, Yeah, which was really intriguing. Yes, it was. Uh, very, very dark story. Dark story. Yep. And stuff. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, don't forget to check out our our uh, webpage, twogeeksmike.com. Um, that's where you'll find our hub for everything. And um, Or if you want to contact us, the best way to do that is through our email, which is show at twogeeksmike.com. And uh, with that, man, whoo. It's been a, this was a great episode. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Each episode is getting better than the one before, which makes me super excited about next week's and the week after. Oh, episode seven should be fantastic. (laughs) Right. Should be phenomenal and stuff. All right. Well, with that, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. I am Stephen Boster, your co-host. I'm going to sign out and I'm going to leave it to our good old friend, Mr. Michael Shanks to finish it off for us. All right. With that said, like I always say, over and out, and may the force be with you. Thank you for joining us today on the Two Geeks and a Microphone podcast. Tune in next week when we will have more news and reviews. Until then, 